0: You're listening to episode number 257. And today we're talking about how to have great sex. This is the Made for Living Well podcast, hosted by Alexa Sherm, the place to create a life well lived. Welcome back to this podcast. As always, my name's Alexa, and this is the Made for Living Well podcast. Now, currently, we're in a 10-week series talking all about sexual wellness. And honestly, it has been so fun and enlightening, and I have gotten so much great feedback. So I hope you're loving these episodes. Now, this is number four, so if you've just started listening, make sure you go back and listen to number one, two, and three in the past three episodes. Considering this is just number four, we have so many great shows coming up, including talking about pleasure more on men's health, pelvic floor health, and even body confidence. I mean, there's so many great shows coming up you don't want to miss out. So make sure you hit subscribe wherever you're listening to stay up to date on the latest podcasts. Now, today I have another sex expert coming on the show. Her name is Tiffany Dawn, and she is going to be talking about how to have great sex at any age honestly, this is a conversation that we need to have because there are so many people who are actually not enjoying the act of sex. In fact, it's not even pleasurable and sometimes even painful. So we're going to talk more about how to have great sex, things to know before your wedding night, and even dive into some more topics that are a little bit more embarrassing that maybe you have and you just never wanted to ask. So today, I want to welcome Tiffany Dawn to the show, who has been talking about sex for a really long time. And In fact, she talks all over the country and really just has a unique perspective that is really eye-opening and enlightening and takes these maybe embarrassing conversations and gives them a fresh perspective. So I'm so excited to have Tiffany on the show to dive in more about this topic. And also, I would encourage you to follow her over at her website at TiffanyDawn.com. Now, of course, all of the links can be found at The Living Well, including that sexual health guide that is completely free to you. It's a guide that's going to give you tips, tricks, food lists that are all in support of your sexual wellness and boosting your libido. There's a guide inside for men and one for women. Now, I'd encourage you to read both so you can understand each other because it's really in the understanding that you gain a better connection. So, again, you can find all of that at thelivingwell.com, including some additional blog posts that might be helpful in the summer series. Now, before we get started, I do want to remind you that we have some podcast sponsors for the summer series, including Yarlap, which I'm going to talk about later on in the show, but also Athletic Greens. Now, Athletic Greens has been a game changer in my own life and really has given me this immense energy that has allowed me to stop taking almost every other supplement that I have. Plus, it is a huge boost to your sexual wellness because one of the things that we know about reproduction, fertility, and even libido is that it's a direct measure of how much energy your body has and really whether it's in a state of surviving or thriving. Now, how our body determines whether it's a state of thriving or surviving is how much energy it has, and one of the best ways to boost your energy is to nutrify the whole of who you are. It's to eat better, right? Now, I didn't used to be a believer in supplementation, but I truly am now because more than thinking that it was an excuse for a poor diet, I understand that we all have gaps in our diet, And using a product like Athletic Greens or AG1 helps to fill those gaps while also supplying some additional resources like adaptogens that are going to help our body adapt to the everyday life while also encouraging it to move into a state of thriving. It really is incredible and I've been using Athletic Greens for over 90 days and I can't say enough good things about it. I'm going to tell you later on more about my story, but if you're interested in Athletic Greens, head on over to athleticgreens.com backslash made for living and stay tuned because right now we're going to get into today's podcast with sexpert Tiffany. Well, welcome to the show, Tiffany, Um, and joining us on the sex talk. I'm excited to have you on and share uh, more about your knowledge that you have.
1: Oh, I'm so excited to be here. Thank you for having me. This is my favorite topic. My husband always says, if you want to keep Tiffany up past her bedtime, just talk about sex. She will stay awake. So I'm super excited.
0: Oh, I think these are conversations. So that could keep a lot of people yes, up past their right. bedtime. It's just not everyone has the, uh, you know, like feels okay asking these mm. questions. I think a lot of people are asking questions, are concerned. Am I doing it right? Are we having right. enough sex? Should I be having sex? Like, all of these big questions uh-huh. that we just kind of tuck away inside of us because we don't know what's safe yeah. and what's not. Yeah. And I think that we have to talk about safety and this and this topic because there is it is very threatening, mm. and there's a lot of shame and guilt that's been associated with yeah. it. And so maybe just to start the conversation of like, how do we deal with mm. this? Like, how do we have conversations? How do we ask questions? Is it okay to talk to our friends about mm. this? Like, what are the ins and outs of how do we start to communicate better about sex? Yeah. Oh man. I think there's a lot Mm. of
1: that worry. Like, should I be talking about this or not? And I Mm. think when we get too isolated, when we aren't having those conversations, it can actually be kind of a dangerous place. I remember Mm. actually a friend telling me, you know, my, my husband says that as a Christian wife, I need to do thus and such sexually. And she's like, is that true? And I'm like, I'm so glad you could ask that because first of all, it was not true. And that's not a healthy thing for, you know, a sexual relationship to be like threatening. Like, if you're really a Christian, you have to do this. Like, that's not, that's not healthy. But I think I think if we don't have a space where we can talk about it, then we're never going to know. We're never going to know like, is this normal? Is this natural? Like, oh, I'm not the only person who's struggling to figure out how to enjoy sex when I was a virgin and now I'm just got married and what the heck, this isn't what I thought it would be. Like, I'm not the only one struggling, you know, it just normalizes Mm -hmm. it, helps us find ways to work through it. So I think it's so important. And yeah, it's kind of awkward to ask those questions, Mm -hmm. especially if you've never done that before. Uh-huh. But I think you can start with, you know, podcasts like this, just getting comfortable, uh-huh. even hearing people talk about it. And then slowly moving on to like friends and family mentors, counselors that you're really comfortable with. Um, yeah. Yeah, you can build up to it.
0: Yeah. And and I think that like the hard thing in this space and what i found is, you know, I think people want to know, well, am I doing it enough? Am I doing it the right mm. way? And those are such broad questions yeah. to say, like, well, you might hear your friends say, well, they're having sex mm. three, four, five times right. a week. Right. Or, you know, you hear the rare stories that people, you know, like people are very open about sharing if they're having sex a ton because yes. then they're almost at the top of this pyramid. Right. And it like, how do you... How do you know what's right? Mm. Like how do you how do you look at that and not somewhat compare yourself to that? Mm. And is there a right and a wrong when we get in here? Right. Yeah, and I think when I
1: first got married, I mm-hmm. totally came into it with this perspective of it is my job as a woman to keep my husband satisfied. Like it was, yeah. it, I did not see sex as something that was for me. I saw it as something mm-hmm. that was for him. And that's mm-hmm. very common in the culture I was raised in. Um, yeah. and Sheila Gregor has done amazing work in this area saying like she wrote her book, the great sex rescue talks about how that's not what sex was meant to be. It's for both of you. Mm-hmm. It's mutual mm-hmm. pleasure, mutual gratification. And I think, what I started realizing was I'd say to James, Oh my goodness, we got to have sex again, because I want to be above average. Like I figured yeah. out like, here's the average number of times a week. People <laughs> have sex when they're married in America. I found some study mm. on it. I was like, we got to be above average. Like, that's what I have to do. Yeah. And he was like, so basically you want to have sex with me because it's a competition against yourself. Yeah. Like <laughs> this isn't because you want it. This is like uh-huh. a competition. I was like, yeah. Like, and I, I didn't really like connect it in my brain until mm-hmm. he said that. And he's like, I he's, he has such a healthy perspective towards sex, but he's, he just started showing me like, I don't want you like doing this. Cause you think you have to like, it's mm-hmm. so much more fun for me. He said, if you are enjoying it too, like if this is about you too. And, mm-hmm. and so we started just having conversations, like, cause another thing is, um, hopefully this isn't too much of a rabbit trail, but I felt like I could never turn him down. Like if he Mm -hmm. was at all turned on, it was my job to have sex with him, you know, no matter. Right.
0: Which is another one of those, like those mindset things that people have been raised with. Right. Like, Uh Exactly. Don't deny. Don't yeah. yeah. And
1: you're told it's biblical. Like, you know, Paul yeah. said, like, uh, what was it in First Corinthians 7? Like, your body is not your own. And and we take it as like, if the other person wants something, I have to give it instead of saying, like, your body's not your own. So this is a compromise. Mm-hmm. This is both of you. This is not one person mm-hmm. saying, I'm turned on. So you always have to do something. Instead, it's like you guys are working this out together. You're looking out for each mm-hmm. other. So I totally have that mindset of. I have to do this anytime. And my husband started showing me like, that's not necessary. He's like, this is Mm -hmm. not what I am asking of you. And Mm -hmm. I want this to be good for both of us. Cause if you just start, you know, correlating sex with an obligation, it's no fun anymore. And it starts really dampening your sex drive. And I found Mm -hmm. like, I almost never wanted sex. It was like, I didn't give myself Mm -hmm. enough time to have that desire. And I was so equating it in my mind with like, it's for him. It's for him Mm -hmm. that I like, didn't even want it for me. It was just Mm -hmm. seen as like duty. That's how I felt about it. And even like, I'd start getting turned on. I'd be like, no, don't get turned on. This isn't for you. This is for him, you know? And it was just like, really just hurting my sex drive. Mm -hmm. And so um, we started, he and I started talking about it and um, saying like, okay, we both need to be honest. And so he mm-hmm. was feeling like, I can't ask for it. Cause then she's going to feel obligation. And I was feeling like, well, I can't, I have to like constantly offer and never say no so that I fulfill him. And so instead we started just having honest conversations with each other. Like, how are you feeling tonight? And not even tonight, mm-hmm. but in general, like, do you feel like your desires are being met? Do you feel loved by me sexually? Um, what do you need from me? And Jen, just really talking about it, realizing like, Frequency will look different in different seasons of life. Like when you have Mm -hmm. little tiny kids running around and you're never sleeping Mm -hmm. and they always wake up when you're about to have sex, they like (laughs) had no, um, versus like other seasons of life when you have time and freedom. And it's just, it depends on the person. It depends on the Mm -hmm. season and it's just staying in communication with each other. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. talking honestly about your needs and desires and coming to compromises and, it doesn't have to look like anybody else's sex life. Like this is your life. This is your marriage. It's nobody else's. And that started to bring a lot of freedom for me Mm -hmm. to just realize like I didn't have to be above average or below average. It just, it was about us. It was what worked for us. Yeah.
0: We get so fixed on the quantity, but it's kind of like everything in life. It's like, but really it should be about the quality. Right. 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 I know now, like when we have sex,
1: it's so much better than it's ever been before. Mm -hmm. And before I, like at the beginning of our marriage, it was like, this has to happen every day. We're not, we're not there right now. Like, and that's okay. I've realized like my husband's okay with that. Our little kids are completely (laughs) taking all of our energy right now. Yeah. But it's so good. Like when we get together, it's like, we're connecting, we're enjoying it. We're both enjoying it. Like I'm turned on, he's turned on. We're both, it's so much more mutual than it Mm -hmm. was before. It's not like trying to hit a number or to set a goal. It's like, we're in this together. This is intimacy. And so that makes it so much better for both of us. And it's fun to Mm -hmm. even be able to say like, well, you know, the next day or the next weeks, even be talking like all that, like. remember when, when we did it this way, it was a little different than normal. And like that continues to build that intimacy of like, wow, that was so cool. Different people's appetites are different for anything. And so Mm -hmm. it's figuring out what works for you guys.
0: Yeah. I think too, like when you're talking about this and when we talk about, you know, the the woman's belief that it's about giving and, you know, mm-hmm. we can't deny. And, yeah. and I feel like that mindset and I think why sexual wellness is so important is because it's one of the few things that runs through your mind, body, and soul. It's kind uh-huh. of like this triune thing. Right. And it shows how often we do that, not just in sexual health, but in every aspect of life of like we give and give and give and give. Yes, that's so true. And we are just expected to do that. Or that's our belief of uh-huh. like, we're not women unless we're doing this, but yeah. it's so damaging. Yeah. And especially when we talk about body confidence, mm. because when you give everything yeah. while feeling like you can take nothing in return, uh-huh. like how do you have confidence yeah. and and sexual health? I I think a lot of confidence comes from your sexual health Mm -hmm. and your sexual wellness, Mm -hmm. um, because it is the most vulnerable at at state of you. And how do we, how do we start shifting this paradigm? Mm -hmm. Because there's so much comparison, there's so much overwhelm, Mm -hmm. there's so much giving, like, how do we come back and like, see us, Yeah, see our bodies as good, see it Mm -hmm. as, as also designed for pleasure. Yeah.
1: Do you have any tips in that area or? Yeah. I'll definitely share some things that have helped me. So I, um, Mm -hmm struggle with an eating disorder when I was in college. And I think there were a lot of factors as to why that was, but part of it was certainly, you know, I grew up in this, Culture that was like you cover your body, like the mm. idea of modest is hottest, which really came down to like your body could make <laughs> someone stumble. Like it was, yeah. it was really about that. Again, it's your fault. Yes, it's like did yeah. Jesus ever say that? No, he said, down your own eye out." Like, <laughs> come on. God. Yeah. So I just, it was such so much pressure on women to be two things at once, which was totally covered and modest, in quotes. Um, but also like this sexy temptress in bed. And it felt Mm -hmm. like if you're too modest, no one's going to pay attention. But also once you start getting attention, like you're doing something wrong and Mm -hmm. it just, everything felt very like, like shameful towards your body. Mm -hmm. So then I start struggling with this eating disorder and the eating disorder itself is like, I hate my body. I hate my body. Mm -hmm. Like um, I don't feel sexy. I don't feel beautiful. I just always see what's, Lacking what I think is lacking in my body. And Mm -hmm. so um, I as I start working through that, it kind of tied into relationships for me because it was like, no guy's gonna love me if I don't look a certain way. No one's gonna think I'm sexy if I don't look a certain way. It all felt very like afraid to date as I'm working through this eating disorder. Um, afraid to, it was like, and it was also like numbing your body. It's like Mm numbing yourself with not eating or with the way you're thinking or whatever just feeling like separated from your body and i think that carried over into my sex life because mm-hmm. when we first got married it it almost felt you know i'd been as we were dating we had decided to save sex till marriage that was something that we both thought was important to to us personally and so that's what we did and you know, leading up to it, we'd make out and I felt very in the moment and like I was enjoying it. And then we got married and it almost became this duty in my mind. And I felt almost a little more separated from my body, even in the experience Mm -hmm. of sex and to really enjoy sex, you got to be present. You got to be like Mm -hmm. integrated with your body. Like you have to be like in the moment physically there. And I felt like I was just in my head about it. Like, Mm -hmm. am I going to enjoy it? Well, that doesn't feel good. Well, I can't say anything if it doesn't feel good because I don't want him to feel bad. Well, I'm going to say something. Well, now I'm in my head. It just felt very like, yeah. distant from myself. Mm-hmm. And so um, I started going to counseling actually, and there were a variety of reasons for that. But one of the things that we started talking about a lot was um, like my, my struggles with my body, with my confidence, mm-hmm. with my body image, with the shame I felt, with all the expectations and the shoulds on my life. Like I remember my Mm -hmm. counselor saying, it just seems like you're living by all these shoulds, like in every area Mm -hmm. of life, kind of going back to what you were saying about giving and giving and giving. And he was kind of like, where are those coming from? Like, they're Mm -hmm. not from God. They're not from your Mm -hmm. husband. Like they are things that you've internalized and like, you're the one who's telling yourself you should do this. Nobody else And I know this isn't true for everyone. Some people will say, well, there is somebody else telling me these other shits. But for me, it was like, it's nobody else. It's just, you're putting this on yourself. And so I think counseling and starting to work through a lot of that helped a ton for me. And then also just trying to be present in my body during Mm -hmm. sex. So being like, okay, I'm feeling turned on right now. Mm -hmm. I'm going to do something about this for me. Mm -hmm. Or like, we're having sex and something doesn't feel good. And I say something or something does feel good. And I'm like, let's hang on to that. Let's like, try Mm -hmm. that a little more because I want to be like in my body and just Mm -hmm. no guilt when my mind wanders, but just bringing it back to the present Mm -hmm. moment, almost like a form of meditation. I think those were big things for me. And now I'm in this season where I have had two daughters and I have had some thyroid issues I'm heavier than I've ever been, and Mm -hmm. in my mind, even though this is so not true, in my mind, after struggling with an eating disorder, I equate thinness with sexy. And again, that's a cultural lie that we're told. And Mm -hmm. so, I, you know, I will try on different lingerie and be like, I don't like how I look. Like, Mm -hmm. what is going on? Like, I don't feel sexy now. I'm not in the mood anymore. Mm -hmm. And so, it, I've had to like find different ways to feel sexy in my body um, mm-hmm. and to like kind of try to see myself through my husband's eyes because um, mm-hmm. he's so encouraging and affirming and like, you're beautiful. Yeah. Um, But it's hard for me to believe that sometimes. And so it's, it's become like, you know, finding things that I do feel sexy. in, mm-hmm. even if it's instead of the skimpy lingerie, maybe it's like a button down shirt of his, you know, mm-hmm. um, whatever it is, like finding things I feel sexy in and f- letting myself like feel sexy physically mm. instead of just having it be this in my head, like, oh, well, I look a certain way thing. Instead, it's like, mm. I
0: feel grounded and sexy right now. I know everyone, especially females, I think men do, mm. are going to get in their head at some point yeah. about how they look. You yeah. know, I think I think men don't talk about it, but there's an equal amount of insecurity so there. So true. And I think how we see other people though is so different, Mm. right? Like we're viewing ourselves with different eyes than we're viewing other people. Yeah. And I think I have to try to remind myself of that often. But do you think when you can get yourself in the moment, when you can fully receive Mm. what you're achieving from the sexual aspect of things, Mm. do you feel like you leave there and you do feel more confident?
1: Yeah, I definitely feel... I don't know if I've ever thought of it in the term confident. I would say, Mm -hmm. yeah, I guess so, because I feel more confident in my ability to even receive sexually, you know, I feel Mm -hmm. more like I can do this, like, and it builds up my confidence that next time I'm going to enjoy it again. Mm -hmm. And I think the more I learn how to be in the moment and enjoying sex, the more I feel like let's do this again. Mm -hmm. And let's do this Mm -hmm. again. And I actually want this now because this is like good and this is fun and this is pleasurable. Um, and that's, I'm so thankful that we like took some time, like those first few years of our marriage to just like explore what Mm -hmm. helped me feel good because I had no idea. Like I was a virgin. I didn't even know like physical anatomy names until college. And I, I, I just had no idea what would make Mm -hmm. me feel good physically. And so I I did not know how to enjoy sex. And we spent a few years that we just had these nights that were all about me. And my husband would be like, I don't want you to worry about me at all. Don't worry, I am having a good time, but just be, this is about you. So we try Mm -hmm. different kinds of touch and just see what felt good. And it was just a night all about me. So it took all that pressure off, all the shoulds Mm -hmm. were out of the picture, not distracting me. And I could just like be there and figure out what felt good. And I remember Mm -hmm. the first time I had like, five orgasms in a row. And I was like, Holy cow. Like that was incredible. Yeah. I can do this again. You know, cause at first it's building up, going back to that confidence thing, building up your confidence. Like, can I even have an orgasm? Mm-hmm. That was, you know, the first year I really struggled with that. And then it was like, okay, now I feel confident. Like I can, I know how to do this. We're figuring this out. And then mm-hmm. it's like, you know, you just keep going from there and it builds your confidence to know that you are beautiful, beautiful, your spouse is attracted to you, but also like, I can enjoy sex. Like I can do this. So Mm -hmm. yeah. So I guess it does. I've never thought of it in those terms, but it does build that confidence.
0: Yeah. Okay. So when you're talking about this, I just had this thought of like, I think we have to start classifying sexy Mm. in a different way, because Mm. I think in some regards, right. Sexy has become a sexualized idea, Mm. But that's not really what sexy is, right? Mm -hmm. Like, okay, so what I'm saying by that is, like you said, you know, I think a sexualized idea of what we consider sexy is being at a certain weight, being able to fit in specific lingerie. Uh You know, again, it's kind of like that drive- For attention, but sexy has got to be different. Yeah, do you feel like there's a difference between like okay, our idea of sexy is maybe a sexualized like I think whether people have looked at porn or not, the porn industry has completely shaped Mm -hmm. um, absolutely sex for everyone. Yeah, and do you want to maybe take a stab at what what does it really mean to be sexy Mm. outside our sexualized idea of yeah yeah? That's so good, and that's so
1: true. Um, Yeah, I think for me, I thought being sexy like you said, was a certain weight, was certain acts you would do, you know, mm-hmm. if I was stripping or if something like that, like that was what sexy was. But like you said, in reality, that is a very sexualized view. And I think what I've, what I feel the sexiest is when I'm really enjoying sex, but I'm not thinking about, mm-hmm. I think being sexualized, our idea of sexy, it's like, it's all for someone else. It goes back to the idea yeah. of giving. It's like, I look this way for him. I'm doing this act for him. But when I feel sexy and honestly, when my husband feels the sexiest too, is when it's like, also for me, like when I'm being kind of selfish and it's like, Mm -hmm. you know, it's obviously he's enjoying it too. It's not like it's just Mm -hmm. me, but like. It's that idea of embracing your ability to be a little selfish, to say like, mm-hmm. I like this. This is for me. And so I think that is what sexy is. Feeling like that pleasure and that excitement and anticipation and arousal and like grounded in your own body and just yeah. being like, this is pleasurable for me. That, that's what sexy mm-hmm. is. And it, it yeah. has nothing to do with what we look like. What we look like is all for someone else in a mm-hmm. sense. It's being in our, our own body as it is and enjoying it. That's what sexy is.
0: Yeah, I love that because we're so polarized in our thinking, right? And it's like we have the modesty culture over here Mm, that's like cover yourself from head to toe, Uh and then it's like, but we want to feel sexy, and then we look at what we think sexy is, and it's like string bikini now, a thong bikini, Uh or like you know, like lingerie, barely wearing any clothes, and it's kind of like there's got to be a right because. I feel like over here, sometimes I, all I see is a lack of confidence too. You know, it's like we have both ends of the extreme of like, they feel different, but I think that they're more both mm-hmm. more similar. And sexy, I think, is actually somewhere in the middle. Yeah. Oh, I love that way of looking at it. Yeah. Okay. So I think that sex and this idea of confidence and changing this paradigm, you know, I think at how we come into sex as, you know, virgins are on your wedding night, or maybe if you've had sex before, it can be really confusing Mm -hmm. about, well, what is a healthy way to look at this? And you've kind of touched on some of those of like, you know, like the connection and being willing to receive, but what, what are some of those tips that you would give someone, especially maybe someone who? Is a virgin or who's never had mm. sex or who's coming into the yeah. wedding night, or even people who've had been married for 12 years and have had this idolized, over sexualized yeah. idea of what sex is and have never really had the true intimacy. What are some tips that you could maybe give, you know, each of those groups mm-hmm. as they kind of work through that? Yeah. So I think the number one thing is like learn about it. Like mm. learn
1: all you can about sex. I think that's been the most helpful thing for us is just I guess, educating ourselves because there was so much I had no idea. Like, what
0: do you, like, give me some ideas of like what you should learn about. Yeah. Okay. So Mm -hmm.
1: learn your, how your body works, like Mm -hmm. for you and your husband or whoever your life partner is like, you Mm -hmm. want to understand like how your body works, like how, your, where you feel pleasure, how to stimulate yeah. that area of your mm-hmm. body, like different positions you can try and what they can help with for how mm-hmm. things feel. Um, one of the things for me personally that I had to learn about was, um, I, um, had trouble. I couldn't even, hopefully this isn't TMI, but you know, we're going, there. It's a sex podcast. Yeah. <laughs> um, I, I couldn't even wear tampons before I got mm-hmm. married. Um, and my OB said, you know, you're just really tight. And so you're going to have to be able Mm -hmm. to like kind of get stretched out a little to have sex, be comfortable. And Mm -hmm. so that was something she gave us some resources. Here's how you can do that either before or after your wedding night and stuff like that. Like Mm -hmm. I had no idea, you know, So and like Mm -hmm. you don't want sex to be equated with pain in your mind. And so like to learn how you can help yourself even in that way to enjoy sex. Um, Mm -hmm. Another thing is like learning about your own self. Like for me, therapy is huge in this area because there's a lot, there are so many women who struggle with vaginismus and that can be, you know, a physical pain during sex, but sometimes that's caused by stuff in your past. It could be trauma. Mm. It could be shame. It could mm-hmm. be whatever. And so going through therapy or even just having a mentor who you meet with regularly, like somebody who can help you unpack some of that stuff and how your past and your worldview can shape your experience of sex. That's another way to mm-hmm. kind of educate yourself and figure out what to do. I think that education piece is so important. And mm-hmm. then another thing to like work on is communicating openly about it. And I think that's something Mm -hmm. that we do, like you said, in the beginning, we feel some shame about that. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it's like, well, I can't really ask for what I want. It just keeps coming back to this, like being for other people. And if we can just be honest in what we communicate, that's something you can practice before you ever start having Mm -hmm. sex. And it's something we should be teaching our daughters to -hmm. be assertive and to say, to be okay with saying, I like this. I don't like this. um, I want this. I don't want this. And to realize that that's okay that's not being mean it's healthy and so yeah. that totally plays into sex too conversations inside and outside the bedroom um and going along with that debriefing sex afterwards, mm-hmm. it sounds so clinical, but just like talking about it, like what were the parts mm-hmm. you loved? What were the parts you want to try differently next time? Mm-hmm. And it doesn't have to bring shame to everyone. It's just part of the learning curve is to like really mm-hmm. talk about it and how it was for each of you.
0: Yeah. I Sometimes I wonder about like, you know, people before sex and, and we have so many ideas maybe about what sex is, but Are there safe places? I mean, obviously I'm doing this podcast to create a safe place for people to learn about their bodies. Yeah. But have you found any great resources for people who are like, okay, I have really no idea. I Mm. didn't really have the sex talk. Uh And if I did, it was more like, don't get pregnant. (laughs) Um, but no one really told me how I got pregnant, you know, you kind of have, you make ideas. And then again, I think if we're not careful, what's going to happen is the sexualized ideas of the world Uh flood in and we start to assume what this looks like. How do we actually like, do you have great resources? And I know you have, um, some talks about it and podcasts, but how do we, do you have any great resources for people who need to learn about this, especially for those? who are maybe going to get into a marriage or are still a virgin? Like, what does that look like? Yeah. So my husband and I actually created the wedding night talks, which um, Mm -hmm.
1: you can find a link to on my website, tiffanydawn.net. But those are a series of 10 talks and some written parts that walk you through everything we'd want you to know about sex before you get Mm -hmm. married. Because we both were raised um, in homes that didn't really talk about sex. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I, I don't remember ever having a sex talk. I don't my my first boyfriend was the one who told me what sex actually was. Um yeah. and so this is like for people, you know, like me
0: and what <laughs> don't we just get I'm laughing because I'm like, I feel like we got all of our sex knowledge from uh-huh. like sixth, seventh, and eighth grade yes. boys, which is terrible. <laughs>
1: yeah. And that is
0: damaging. It's like, oh, we can't talk about yeah. sex that'll hurt
1: my kid. No, I'm sorry. Where they're gonna learn about it that's not from you, that's yeah. gonna hurt your kid. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Right. So yeah. So that's what these talks are for. It covers everything like how to actually have sex, how to make it, what to do if you're afraid of it hurting, um, what what to pack for your wedding night, you know, things Mm -hmm. like you can bring you can lay a towel down so that it doesn't get Mm -hmm. messy, you know, things like that. Like I just had no idea. Um and so there's it goes through all of that. Some other resources are we we really enjoyed the book, um a few different books here. One is Intended for Pleasure for some of Mm -hmm. the practical like how-to's the book The Big Mm -hmm. O which talks about how to help men and women achieve orgasm in different ways. Um, and Sheila Gregor has some amazing resources, The Great Sex Rescue I mentioned. That is all about um, kind of breaking down some of these really toxic things we've been taught mm-hmm. about sex in a lot of um, evangelical spaces. And her, she also has books, The Good, Good Guy's Guide to Great Sex and The Good Girl's mm-hmm. Guide to Great Sex um, that are more of like how to do. And I think she has an orgasm course as well. So mm-hmm. those are some of the like places i recommend, I also just got out of the library, this new book I've been hearing about called Come As You Are. And it is, it's like the new science that will transform your sex life. Um mm. So I have not read it yet, but I have been hearing about this book. So yeah. I'm very curious to check that out too.
0: Well, I will make sure and link all those up. And I did check out your, uh what did you say? The newlywed course? Yes. And it is it, like, you talk about like what is sex, how to have better sex, yeah. like all the topics. So it looks so great. Yeah. And okay, you brought up orgasm, yeah. and we obviously, as a sex talk, we need to talk about yeah. this. Yeah. And again, I think another common thought is is like you have sex until the man mm-hmm. has an orgasm, right. or ejaculates, and that's what, sex regardless of if the woman uh-huh. <laughs> has one or not. Yeah. Um, and but that's a really big deal, yeah. and it's not just a big deal for connection. Mm-hmm but it's a big deal biologically yeah. because it completely changes the flood of hormones inside of our body it's where we get the biological benefit mm-hmm. in fact i think women should be having more orgasms than mm-hmm. men just biologically yeah. the way that we were designed mm-hmm. what what do you help how do you help someone who maybe hasn't had an orgasm and and this is for both men and women mm-hmm. how how do we work with women to experience an orgasm do you have any tips on that mm-hmm. any tricks This summer series is brought to you by Yarlap, a company devoted to healthifying women's pelvic floor. Yarlap takes the guesswork out of figuring out how to strengthen the pelvic floor using the only clinically approved device designed to strengthen and tone pelvic floor muscles for you with AutoCaggle technology. Now, today I invited co-founder Mary Ellen to join me to share a little bit more about the Yarlap system and how it works. Mary Ellen, tell us how the Yarlap device works. So
2: you insert it like a tampon, it's a tiny little thing, it kind of looks like a tube of lipstick, and you insert into the vagina. And depending on the program, it's going to be 15 to 20 minutes, and it exercises the pelvic floor for you. So if you think about when you move your muscle, you send a signal from your brain to your muscle to move. If your muscle has atrophied or it's weakened or you just don't know how to do the exercise because you can't see the muscle or you have no uh, communication, that signal gets jumbled or it gets lost or it's only half received or not received at all. So the Yarlap sends a signal similar to the one that your brain sends to you, but it sends it directly to your muscles so that your muscles are doing exactly what they're supposed to be doing for the exact right amount of time every single time.
0: Now, inside the Yarlap, there's many different programs that are designed to treat different things. Can you tell us more about those programs?
2: Yeah, so we're Clear to Treat, Stress, Urge, and Mixed Urinary Incontinence, so like involuntary bladder leaks of a wide variety. Um, And we also have pelvic floor muscle massage programs that help with teaching your body to relax. So a lot of times people have a really intense, tight, pelvic floor muscle, and they're told by their PT or whomever that they need to learn how to relax. And again, that's really hard for us when we are unable to see this muscle. It's really hard to make sure that you're doing it properly, that you're even using the right muscle at all. And the R-Lab can help with teaching you to relax and bring in that blood flow, bring in that um, respiration. That's really key for pelvic floor muscle tone.
0: Yarlap is truly a unique device. And if you're struggling with your pelvic floor, which most people are, head to thelivingwell.com backslash Yarlap to learn more and purchase your own Yarlap device. Don't forget to use code LIVINGWELL for $25 off. Athletic Greens is also sponsoring the summer podcast series. And honestly, I have found so much value from this company. In just one scoop every morning, I have had more energy than any level of caffeine could give me. I know it sounds crazy, and you might not think you can live without your morning pot of coffee, but trust me, this is the lasting kind of energy that you feel throughout your body, not just that quick hit after you guzzle your pot of coffee. Now, I'm not saying it needs to replace your coffee, but I'm saying rather than using your coffee to find energy, you can just enjoy your morning beverage while also getting all of the nutritional benefit that you need from your morning greens. Athletic Greens, or their AG1 product, has 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food source ingredients, probiotics, and adaptogens to start your day right. This special blend of ingredients supports your gut, health, nervous system, immune system, energy recovery, focus, aging, and even your sexual wellness. And more than energy, I have learned from doing my own mini-research study that Athletic Greens has been able to replace nearly every other supplement that I've taken. It has neutrified my body in a way that I have not found with any other products, saving me not only time, but a lot of money. Plus, I actually don't mind the taste. Unlike normal greens powders that give you a little shiver after you take a sip, this I actually crave. Athletic Greens makes it easy to get started with a monthly membership that ships greens to your door every single month. Try it out for 30 days and see how you feel. And if you get started today, they'll give you a free one-year supply of immune-supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com backslash made for to get started boosting your health with one scoop a day. Again, that's athleticgreens.com backslash made for living to get started today. Make sure you check them out and then finish listening to today's show. How do we work with women to experience an orgasm? Do you have any tips on that? Mm-hmm. Any tricks? So, oh man, there's so much here.
1: Definitely. Like we've said before, like talking with your OB and talking with a therapist mm-hmm. are huge because those can be major holdbacks physiologically or yeah. mentally, emotionally. And so to make sure that those areas, those bases are covered, that's mm-hmm. huge. Um, First step. But I'd say, don't be afraid to try new things. So here's one example from our lives. So as, as a woman, I have to stay focused on the experience and present in the experience in order to really experience and access that pleasure. So mm-hmm. one of the things we do is my husband, if I'm having trouble staying focused and really getting into it. My husband will tell me a sexy story about us. And so it's like, Mm -hmm. you and I are here in this place. Here's what you're wearing. Here's what we do. And for me, that it's like something I can latch onto. So like my brain Mm -hmm. is there, it's engaged, it's present Mm -hmm. instead of wandering. And so that has been really helpful as a tool for us to be able to enjoy Mm -hmm. sex more and to get to orgasm. I guess when we first got married, I thought like, not everything's going to feel great, but eventually it'll feel good. And I think we are now at a point where it's like, if it doesn't feel great, I'm not going to just like hang out there for a while. I'm gonna be like, Hey, let's try something else. You know, I want the whole thing feeling awesome. And that takes Mm -hmm. some practice and some experimenting. And I remember reading somewhere that it's like, a leopard with its spots constantly changing for a woman, like what feels good mm-hmm. one day. might not feel great the next day. And so it just, it can yeah. be frustrating at first, but you, it's really getting to know yourself. I've even heard some sex therapists who say masturbation can help just to explore yourself and get to know yourself. And I know some women feel comfortable with that. Some don't, and either way is fine, but um, that is another tool you can use.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And then just like taking off all the pressure, like having those times that are just about your pleasure. It's not about your spouse. It's just your pleasure to learn your body and what feels good. Um, Having those Mm -hmm. times is so important. And I think as long as we see sex like duty, it's going to be hard to get there, Mm -hmm. to be able to let it really be for us something that we want Mm -hmm. and that we latch onto. That is when a lot of freedom comes to enjoy it. I would say those are some of the, some of the main Mm -hmm. things. And then just finding positions that work for you, like trying different positions Mm -hmm. because for one person, one position might feel good. And for another, it doesn't do anything for you. And so if you can figure out how to do that, and honestly, sometimes having like manual stimulation along with intercourse at the same time can be really helpful for a woman because sometimes we'll come through intercourse, but a lot of times we need that manual stimulation. So if you can like, whether that's a sex toy, whether that's his hand, some way to include that during intercourse. If you want to come during intercourse, you don't have to. Um, mm. but that can be a another helpful thing.
0: Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, I think that's really good. It's just also, I think, just giving permission yeah. to say, like, there's not a right and wrong way to do it, but it takes a lot of communication. Mm. And we can't be scared of the communication yeah. aspect and starting those conversations. Mm like you said, breaking down a lot of the shame and guilt that I think has been created mm-hmm. in past stories and past beliefs um, that maybe aren't true. And I think even breaking some some myths about men mm. and what they want yes, too. Yes, that and, is so true. You know, like I think that's been so hard for me in this over-sexualized yeah. world of a world that just said it was all about men is, is understanding like, man, he does like me and he mm. does have more fulfillment from pleasuring yes. me, not just right. himself. Yeah. Those are hard things. Like, do you have any other like kind of big myths that you kind of want to, you know, leave us with to say like, Hey, these aren't always true, mm-hmm. but this yeah. is. Well, first I was just thinking when you were saying
1: that earlier, you said how sometimes modesty and over-sexualization have more in common than we realize. And I was just thinking, you know, yeah. they're both for other people. Like modesty is for the yeah. guys. Over-sexualization yeah. is for the guys. Like in the middle is what uh-huh. it's for us. And it's like, mm-hmm. this is me enjoying sex. and. Yeah, Like you said that James, my husband is always telling me like, when you enjoy sex, that's when I love it. Like, yeah, Mm -hmm. sex is nice whenever, but like when you're enjoying it, that's, that's what I love about it. And he's like, I'd rather have less of it and have it be something that you enjoy than to have it constantly if you're Mm -hmm. not enjoying it. And that was like, mind blowing to me. I'm like, seriously, I thought guys just wanted sex all the time. And he's like, no, like this is like with you. Like, that's what I want. Mm -hmm. And so my enjoyment is like his priority. And I think that Mm -hmm. that helps too, for sure. I think just taking off the shoulds has been my big Mm -hmm. thing. It's like, Mm -hmm. there's no should. There's no, it should be this way. Mm -hmm. It should look this way. It should feel this way. Like, this is you. This is your relationship. Mm -hmm. And you you do you. Like, figure out what works for you and let the rest of it go. It doesn't have to look like anybody Mm -hmm. else's.
0: Yeah, no, I like that. Okay. I was just thinking when you were talking about this and well, I should probably really wrap this up, but I have a couple oh, more yeah, questions if you're Okay, Let's it. Say it. <laughs> I feel like when we get into this and we talk about the men really wanting to mm-hmm. pleasure, you know, like if we really look at the biological aspect of Uh libido and of desire. Um, And we've talked about this on a few previous episodes before this one airs, but it's like the woman is really, their libido is about receiving. It's about opening up and taking Mm -hmm. and amends is really about giving. Oh yeah. Now, Oh, I like that. Yeah. Like it's like, it's kind of opposite of what we have. But like, if we really look at like the biological desire of a woman, like it takes relaxation, it takes, you know, receiving, it takes being confident, being uh-huh. in the moment, like all these really hard things. And outside of that, like we're really just never going to have the the biological uh-huh. response that is fulfilling and satisfying right. and pleasurable. Yeah. Now, I think what gets confusing though, is we have, again, an over-sexualized world. We have a lot of mm-hmm. pornography, which stimulates a lot mm-hmm. of addiction. And I think we start to get ideas about what pleasure mm-hmm. is, that's maybe faulty or not all the way completely true to what true Mm. pleasure is. And so I know that you have a few videos about um, masturbation Mm -hmm. and kind of breaking the addiction. And I want to bring this to light in a way that's not like, okay, that's just completely Mm -hmm. wrong. Because yes, I mean, any addiction on any level is harmful to Uh the body, right? Like we can't say that pornography is necessarily worse than another Uh addiction. They're all working the same way, but I I know you have a video about how do you overcome that addiction? And like, what, what is that? What do you think is at the root Mm. of why people are so addicted to the pornographic Mm. image over the connection?
1: Mm. Yeah. Am I asking
0: a a relevant question? Oh (laughs) yeah.
1: That's a huge question. Yeah. And it's interesting because porn is so normalized in our culture. It's like, oh, everyone does it. It's no big deal. But like, there's been recent research that shows like it actually changes your brain structure and it hurts your relationships, let alone that like, you know, it's hard to tell what porn is ethically made if you can say that versus through human trafficking. And Uh so yeah, it's really, it's a really like scary place, but it's so accessible. And it releases all those endorphins and it, you know, it, it is, it can Uh be very addictive.
0: Well, I remember when you, in your video to maybe refresh your memory of what you had kind of spoken Uh about. And maybe what I'm referring to is this idea that maybe the masturbation, uh and I think it was coming from a woman's question was more specific to her loneliness and her anger. Mm, Okay. Yeah. You know, it was like, like I think about like, what I know about sex now is it's it's a deep yeah. connection. It's not just a connection to yourself, uh-huh. which it is. Like you said, you have to be fully present in yourself, but it's a connection to someone right. else. And I think in our world today, we're not overly mm-hmm. connected. Yeah. We're really disconnected and we're taught to live these independent lives, which makes maybe porn appealing because you don't have mm-hmm. to connect with anything mm-hmm. or anyone. But there also is like, I think you had kind of said on there like, you know, like she was lonely. She was angry. Yeah. And- I think there's this
1: acronym called HALT that mm. sometimes mm. is used and it's like hungry, angry, lonely, or tired. And that might be what you're mm. referring to. Um, cause I talked about yeah. that in the video, how, cause I was yeah. likening it to me. So I, I haven't personally, um, wrestled with, um, an addiction to porn or masturbation, honestly, because I tried to masturbate and I could not figure out how to make it work for me. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. um, and I don't think that masturbation is necessarily wrong in and of itself. Um, But in my videos, I talk about if you're addicted to this, if this is something that you're like, I'm addicted, I can't be free. Like, here are some thoughts for you. So that's kind of the um, background of that. But yeah, so Halt, um, I was was likening it to me, like I struggled with binge eating. And to me, it was kind of like an addiction to food. It felt like, I cannot stop this even though I want to. And one of the things that helped me was recognizing like what was underlying the desire to eat. And that mm-hmm. that's true for any addiction. Like what's underneath that desire for this addiction? Is it wanting to, am I lonely? Do I want to connect and I'm mm-hmm. not sure where to go or I don't want to put in the work it takes to really connect with someone cuz that does mm-hmm. take work am i hungry do i just need to eat something am i feeling angry yeah. or tired or you know and if so what are the other things i can do to meet this legitimate need mm-hmm. instead of my addiction and i think mm-hmm. too for me it was figuring out like what was the root of it for me cuz it's different for it's different for everybody but for me like with my food it it was a few things. One of the things with binge eating was I felt like food was wrong and I, it was going to do things. It was going to like, like I didn't want to eat it. Like it was the enemy. And so I didn't have a healthy view toward it. I wasn't thankful for it. I wasn't enjoying it. I wasn't, letting myself, um, have it and letting it fuel my body. Instead, it was this very like shameful approach to food. And I think when we have a very shameful approach to sex, it fuels that addiction too. Cause then it's seen as shameful. So, okay, I'm going to do this in secret and then I feel guilty and shame. And so I do it again because I'm feeling guilty and shame and it's a cycle. Yeah. And so I think if we can get rid of some of the shame, and that was a huge part of how I overcame my binge eating was instead of seeing food as shameful i saw it as necessary fuel i saw it as something i could enjoy i could give myself permission to enjoy mm-hmm. in a healthy way and to say like i can have the cookie now or i can wait until tomorrow you know and to have that mm-hmm. freedom so i think if we had a more a view of sex that was more about freedom instead of shame that's my theory is that that would help break some of the addiction because i think when things are secretive and shameful it just fuels the addiction it's like adding
0: yeah. Gas to the fire. Yeah. I mean, it's almost so negative. It's so depleting uh-huh. in a way that you do look for a quick outlet, the temporary yeah. fix, which leads you to the addiction. Yeah. And right. It's like the same thing with food. Why people, like you said, go back mm. to food is, and it just accentuates that cycle. And instead of breaking it, yeah, yeah, exactly.
1: And I mean, hopefully, this isn't like saying too much right here, but I think to some extent, it's no surprise to me that there is so much sexual brokenness and abuse that is coming out in very conservative spaces right now. Like when you have mm-hmm. a view of this thing that God created for our pleasure yeah, mm-hmm. and you have a view of it as evil or wrong or dirty, like, of course, there's going to be a whole lot of brokenness and horrible things coming mm-hmm. out because yeah, it's it fuels secrecy, it fuels addiction, it fuels abuse when we have that mm-hmm. shameful view mm-hmm. of sex. So it is mm-hmm. heartbreaking, but it is also, to some extent, for me, it's like I'm sadly I'm not surprised.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. I mean, and and I think that again skews our idea of who God is. Yeah, but it does. Maybe maybe the last and biggest question I could ask you is to say like, what is God's design mm-hmm. for sex, in your opinion? Some things that I've been learning about God through Mm -hmm. sex are
1: that he created the clitoris for a woman, Mm -hmm. which to Mm -hmm. me says he wants sex to be pleasurable for her, that it is Mm -hmm. more powerful, if I'm remembering correctly, than even the neurons in the penis. So God created us with this like super sex organ. Mm -hmm. So to me, that says like God wants it to be for our pleasure. He created mm-hmm. us able to have multiple orgasms at once. Like it's mm-hmm. supposed to be something we enjoy. And if you mm-hmm. even look at like sex as a form of intimacy and, you know, throughout scripture, the Bible talks about Christ in the church being like a husband and wife. And mm-hmm. so if you see that even as like God wants us to enjoy him. Mm-hmm. like and obviously not in a sexual way. I don't yeah. mean it like that, but you know, it's like this picture of like, we are supposed to enjoy this. This is mm-hmm. a form of intimacy. This is something like for our good and to, to, to enjoy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I think there's obviously a lot of facets to it, but I think I've learned like, this isn't what I was thought it was growing up in conservative circles. Uh, yeah. of this is for the man and I have to protect yeah. myself for the man and blah, blah, blah. It's instead like, this is for me too. This is very much for mm-hmm. me too.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I love that. I mean, I think it just shows our dependency. And and I yeah. think we've, we've had that such a negative term of like, oh, don't be dependent on anyone. Mm-hmm. But I feel mm-hmm. like there's a deep love when we're interconnected with yeah. God and with other people and with yeah. our own bodies. And as you were saying that, I was like, you know, I think some of the most prideful thing, like, you know, women's natural tendency is to give, 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 give. And, Mm -hmm. you know, like, I think when we look at sex as a means of what we can give, that's a very prideful thing. Like the most humbling Mm -hmm. thing for a woman is like, I'm going to receive Wow, that's very That's, yes. you know, that feels like an act of weakness. And then I think about like on the flip side, when we look at a man's libido and say like, it's about giving. And I think sometimes mm-hmm. men are a little bit, what we would call more selfish in nature, right? Mm-hmm. And so like their most humbling act is to say like, I'm going to give this to you. And mm-hmm. I think there's that deep connection of like seeing that integral design and the beauty of how God created us. Like you said, like he made us. Mm. to experience pleasure. Like he wanted this. I mean, there's like the song of Solomon. Like there's books in the Bible that talk about the beauty of a woman's body. And it doesn't Mm -hmm. say like a perfectly thin body or, you know, like it's right. It's it's the beauty of what we are. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, how do we separate our view of the over-sexualized life to see God's design
2: Mm.
0: and to be more humble about our act of receiving. I mean, that's not easy work, but I think that there's a great freedom, like you said, that comes when we stop looking at our own pleasure as selfish and we start to see it as a humble act of almost accepting God's design. I love that. I I love (laughs) that perspective. That's so good. And like you said, it takes work to get there. It is not a quick fix overnight thing. It is like you work
1: on it. But it is so worth yeah. it.
0: Yeah. And like you said, sex gets better as, it as we go. It yeah. really does. Yeah. It's like my husband says, it's like any sport
1: you mm-hmm. play. You're not a pro overnight, no matter how talented you are. It takes practice mm-hmm. to
0: get really good at it. Yeah. Like just like playing an instrument or a sport. Yeah. 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 And I think that's so good to hear too, because I think we sexualize a younger body, you know, and like we think like, oh, oh those have yeah. got to be the best years, but it's right. really like, hold on. Like there's something so powerful about the, the intimacy and the connection and the communication that's built as you go. Like our worst sex was our honeymoon (laughs) sex. Like,
1: yeah, (laughs) yeah. that first year of marriage was nothing compared to now. Yeah, (laughs)
0: Totally. I feel like you could probably teach people all day and you probably know this of like, okay, let's just get a good framework built, but knowing it's still should always continue to get better, and it's not perfect. Yeah, right. Like right. I mean, it's normal to be like, okay. There's times when we're like, we're gonna take a break for a moment because this is not working.
1: Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah,
0: yeah. That's good for you being able to even say
1: that and like recognize. Well, that. you
0: know, I found that it's it through a lot of therapy and overcoming sexual yeah. trauma, me being able to voice when I feel like I'm too in my head to enjoy this or to mm-hmm. receive this, yeah, I feel like it's been really empowering for me and almost has yeah. allowed me to get to the place where I'm more confident in it and want it more. Mm-hmm. Because the yeah, more I can totally. voice the the times, and, I, and that's scary because I think you think, well, I don't ever want it. And so that would mean me voicing it every time. And I'm like, but it actually has, in my opinion, the opposite effect or from my own experience mm-hmm. to say like, yep. hey, I'm just not feeling it right now. I'm way in my head. I feel stressed. Yeah. Can we just take a break? And he doesn't want mm-hmm. to experience that without the connection. Like he can, and, right. and he's like, absolutely. You know, like I can tell we're yeah. both struggling yeah. in that moment. And then I feel like it almost was like that boost of confidence to say like, man, I stood up for myself. Like I yeah. listened to what was actually happening. I didn't just give myself away and mm-hmm. out of my pride, you know, like I was, and then I felt like, I feel like we have so much more sex because of the few times that, you know, early on, I was able Absolutely. to start saying, no, like this isn't working. Yeah. It took me a long time to get there. That I like, <laughs> yeah. Oh, married. that's <laughs> so true
1: though. I totally agree. Like when because, because I thought like, if I say no, like it, I'll always say no, yeah. like you were saying, but being a, being free to do that mm-hmm. is like, it helps me be able to tap into like, no, like this is for me. Mm-hmm. So if I start feeling turned on instead of being like fighting it almost like, no, I don't want to do this yeah. just for him. Cause I'm getting bitter. Instead. It's like, oh, I'm feeling this way. Cause I want this yeah. like, this is for me. And so then I'll initiate it, you know, and it's like, instead of dampering our sex life, it's actually made it so much better yeah. being able to say, I'm not feeling yeah. it right now. Yeah. It's, so. Yeah. You
0: think it's a backwards thing, but it really is very uh-huh. empowering. And I and empowering. Yeah. and I think it's good for them too. Like, you know,
2: mm-hmm. I think yeah.
0: they, like, I feel like he appreciates, you know, like yeah. maybe there's a little bit of a frustration of like, oh, like, uh, you know, like when someone's ready and then the other person's not, there's probably sure. a level of sure. frustration on both sides. But I think it is that communication and it makes it so much sweeter than when you, yeah. when you do. Okay. Yeah, I have taken totally. more time of you than I told you I would. So oh, I'm so sorry. No, thank um, you. This was so much fun. Yeah. I'm so glad you're here. Can you tell us where we can learn more about you? I know you mentioned um, yeah. the honeymoon course, but you have a lot of other great things, including a podcast and some books. Fill us in where, yeah. where we can learn more about you and where we should get started with what you do. Yes. So if you go to my
1: website, tiffanydawn.net, that's T-I-F-F-A-N-Y, D-A-W-N.net that has links to everything. So I do videos on YouTube of life advice Mm -hmm. you don't hear in church. On my Instagram, I do reels about relationships, like kind of bringing up different things that are like, wait, hold on. Mm -hmm. We heard this in church, but this isn't true. And then I have a podcast about my own journey with deconstruction in my faith. Um, And so I would say those are the main things. Then I have some books and my wedding night talks course.
0: Okay. Well, I appreciate so much yeah. you sharing your knowledge and being here and having the conversation. I
1: appreciate you making the space for it. This is really cool. Well, thank you.
0: I hope you love Tiffany as much as I did. And of course, are loving the sex talk podcast series. It has been so much fun and we're not even halfway through. So make sure wherever you're listening, you hit subscribe to stay up to date with the latest release of the next podcast inside this series. We have some pretty amazing guests still to come and topics including more about testosterone, feminine and masculine energy, pelvic floor health, libido, healing from sexual trauma, confidence, pleasure, and so much more. I mean, there are literally is so many good podcasts coming your way. So hit subscribe, follow along, and make sure you share this with your friends and family. It really does mean the world to me. As always, head to thelivingwell.com to learn more information about today's podcast and get all the resources, including the link to Tiffany's website at tiffanydawn.net. Don't forget to stay tuned because there's more podcasts coming your way.